Trying to decide whether that new game is worth your $60? Or maybe you're just wondering if an old game is worth your time. Well, you came to the right place. This is the only podcast that tries to answer the question. Should I buy it, though? Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Should I Buy It, Though? I am the fastest pilot in the galaxy, galaxy John Solo. I'm Nick Bobatatos. TJ Barry, the handsome rogue. I'm Amanda Facosta. I didn't think of a clever name for this week. Sorry. One of these days we need to compile all the time. All the time Amanda didn't intro. have anything. It'd be, for, it'd be every show. It'd be every single one. 21 weeks of episodes. <laughs> Hello, I am Nick Palazzo, and I'm going to reenact a scene from Star Wars Revenge of the Sith. Oh, God. <clears throat> Master Skywalker, there's too many of them. What are we going to do? <laughs> And then he kills all the, the young My lightsaber is right over there. I could have grabbed him. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the scene. All right. Oh, and today we have a very special guest with us. Palazzo, would you like to do the honors? Yes. Everybody, this is my good pal, Brian Warner, joining us today. Hello. Hello. And uh, he's a big, big Star Wars guy, huge Star Wars guy. So uh, he's going to love talking about this game with us today. Yeah, and in case uh, it wasn't already apparent, we're talking about Star Wars Squadrons today. The uh, the new kind of pilot simulator that's not flight simulator, but kind of is, but in space, and you shoot things. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, for context, for this review, uh, in what is, I believe, only a second occurrence in our history, uh, I'm the only one that played the game this week. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah. So it's it's gonna be a little bit of an Iron Man VR Redux, which appropriately enough, I did play this game in VR. So uh, so we're gonna be talking about that. Um, I guess let's just jump into it. I mean, the the, the basics of it is just uh, you are jumping into like iconic Star Wars spacecraft, and it's you know an aerial combat game so there is a campaign in which uh you do there are a total of 14 missions and you you alternate between the imperial side and the new republic side because this takes place after the battle of endor uh if anyone is not into star wars we just lost them all um and <laughs> and there's also a multiplayer mode which i think is maybe most interesting for a lot of people uh where it's basically a lot of dogfights and and that sort of thing uh but that's that's the gist of it um i guess i'll open the floor to you guys to begin uh any like big questions that you have regarding the game right off the bat should I buy this game? No, I can't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how does it? No, but like, um, how does it play? Because like a lot of flight simulators can be kind of wonky depending on the controls and stuff. Sure. Uh, for context, I played it on PC, but I played it in VR, and I want to. Uh, I should probably preface this in, in, in this way so you understand what my experience was like. Um, I played in VR, but I played on the Oculus Quest. For anyone who doesn't know VR stuff, Oculus Quest is a little standalone headset that exists. It's a really cool headset, but uh, the really like super PC powerful, like s- super heavy games, uh, usually you would play that on a Rift or an Index or something like that where you are plugged into your PC and you're running off of that PC's power. 
in this particular case, I did a little bit of a workaround, which is somewhat popular in, like, the VR community, which I think it's safe to say, like, a lot of VR users are kind of enthusiasts anyways, uh, at least at this point in time. Um, and so, essentially, the game was streaming off my computer into my VR headset, uh, which was not necessarily the intended way, but worked surprisingly well. Uh, and so I was playing with a controller because according to Steam, it was not optimized for the VR controllers, but it, expe it expected you to use either a gamepad or mouse and keyboard. Uh, being in VR, it was most comfortable for me to use a controller. Um, so I'm sure a lot of what I say will also translate to people who want to play it on PlayStation because it is available on PlayStation and PC. Uh, I think Xbox as well, but it's only available in VR on either of those two platforms. Um, it ran super well. So the reason I got into the, the nitty gritty and all of that is that you would expect there to be a massive amount of technical issues there because you are depending on your internet speed, you know, the stream there, the power of your PC to run the game, all of this stuff. And I am surprised at how well this game ran. I did run into occasional like stutters and stuff, but honestly, I chalked that up to the fact that it's running wirelessly and Spectrum has been hot garbage for me lately. Spectrum, fix it. That's it. Um, but other than that, it was it was actually really, really smooth. I didn't run into issues, which in VR, you're going to notice it way more because you're more likely to, you know, like if you have motion sickness or whatever, like when your reality breaks, you're going to notice that more than a lag on like your TV. Um, but it ran really, really well. And um, controls were like very intuitive. Uh, it's I'm curious how it would work for people who are like hardcore into like flight sims and that sort of thing if it works with a like a flight sim stick one of the joysticks because pretty much all of these ships when you're in the craft and you're looking in on it they they're usually you know flying with a flight stick so i'm curious how much more the immersion would be and if you if you even can use that kind of accessory um i found that again for my like niche use case but also i think it's one of the more accessible price wise uh, entrance points to a game like this um it was 40 dollars, right yes it's a 40 dollar game um and so like the quest is you know while 400 dollars is not cheap by any means it's way cheaper than a 1000 dollar you know vive index or you know 400 bucks that's the same as psvr but a lot of people have started getting into the quest because it's a standalone headset that you can like pack in a bag and take to a friend's house and like just use as is so it's become a kind of more po popular consumer facing thing so if you have one of those i'd say you know if you have a system that can run it consider uh trying it out in this fashion um but yeah so the only issue with this uh particular manner at least on my end is because you were streaming uh resolution was low uh it did not bother me at all until i saw how beautiful the game is when you're just like playing it and running it on hardware, not like streaming it over, you know, you're just looking at the game the way it's meant to be. The interiors are gorgeous in this game. I mean, like, okay, if you're a Star Wars nerd, like you're never going to want to leave this game. Uh, like you're, you're going to want to live inside that. But even if you're not, I think Star Wars is a big enough cultural thing and just the magic of the technology. Like I, I think I tweeted the other day, I was like, uh, if you don't, like, smile like a doofus the first time that you find yourself physically inside of a TIE fighter, I don't think technology will ever impress you. 
Yeah, I was just going to say, just being in Star Wars, I think, is probably worth the price of admission alone. Because I know there's another Star Wars VR game out there that Brian actually had me play on his headset. Vader? And it's, Vader, yeah. I, I think so. It's a shitty game, but like yeah. <laughs> as soon as I put it on and I see Darth Vader standing in front of me, I was like peeing myself. It was the coolest thing I have ever ever seen so i I imagine like putting yourself into an actual star wars cockpit with the music going and flying around must be like the coolest thing ever even if it's like you know not the best video game in the world it's still star wars you know there's absolutely something incredible i I only did one stream of it on our twitch channel twitch.tv slash music productions but uh i only did one stream of it but in that one it's funny because you see a moment where i found myself inside a different kind of ship for the first time and so usually you know you're Facing forward, like if you're in an X-Wing, there's not too much to look at behind you. I will say, first time I sat in an X-Wing, they load the droid in behind you, and I turned around to look at my droid, and I was like, oh my god, it's there! Like, ah! Uh, But in this particular case, it was uh, one of the Imperial bombers, which looks, you know, from the cockpit, looks like an X-Wing, but has way more space in the back. Like, it has seats for, you know, for you to take people, kind of like in in an actual, like, real-life bomber, I guess. Um, and so I just, I glanced behind me at one point and when I looked behind me, I saw the seats and I saw all the space and I was like, Oh my God. And I was just looking at it because like, it's so real. And the thing is like, sometimes, you know, when you're like, when you're playing like a walking game or something like it's still super immersive, uh, but there's a little bit of a barrier between like what your body feels and what your brain is experiencing because you're seated in this game. Uh, I mean, it's virtually indistinguishable from reality, aside from, like, looking at your hands and seeing them in different positions or whatever, because the hands are just kind of stationary at the controls. It's not, you know, mapped to your controllers or anything. Other than that, like, it is as close as I have gotten to full immersion in, like, a VR game, despite the low resolution. Um, And on that note, I also want to talk about uh, a little bit of the history of the game for a particular reason. If I'm not mistaken, I remember seeing an interview of this was this started as and I could be kind of wrong here, but this is the gist of what I remember. I believe this started as a side project from some of the developers that were working on uh, Fallen Order, uh, the other Star Wars game. And uh, the like lead, I guess, designer or game director who I'm not sure what his exact position is. But apparently, like, when he was young, he was a huge Star Wars fan, and what he would do all the time was, like, draw the interiors of, like, uh, X-Wings and TIE Fighters and all this stuff, like, just, like, as a kid. Like, it was just something he did artistically. And so, it's so cool to see that then, you know, he started doing this thing, and they decided, hey, you know, make the game, here's the budget, like, do it. And so, you, you see that, you know, that kind of personal history and love for what it is. Like, that pours into, you know, what the game is, because you're always in the cockpit. Uh, And you look at the cockpit, and it's incredible, like, the detail. I, personally, I love that, like, retro-future aesthetic, that old Doctor Who, you know, like, Star Wars kind of, like, janky but futuristic still kind of thing. I love it. And when you sit down in the cockpit and you see all these little, like, you know, red and green LEDs and these, like, little knobs and, like, garbage, uh, you know, screens, because back then... You know, the screens we have today didn't exist, so it's like, you know, the, the tracking systems are like these slow refresh rate, like monochrome displays, like that sort of thing. It is so cool to see that, not just a set dressing, but functional. You know, like, 
when you're you have the little indicators that tell you where you're redirecting power to whether it's shields weapons engines uh you, you know you have your lock on and you can see the models of the the target that you're following and all of that and you follow you have your radar like all of that it's all like it feels real is is and i think that's really like the magic of the game almost more so than the gameplay the gameplay just gives you an excuse to like marvel at all of it i feel like that as a as a big star wars fan like as as i watch the movies and like the tv shows especially in like rebels they Mm -hmm. have parts where they're in a bomber and you think like oh like that there's a lot more space in there than you normally think of any other ship so you're talking about looking back and seeing all that space like i the immersion that they're putting into a game like that not only for console players but especially for the vr players where you can turn around and see the droid i think that's yeah. a that's an interesting way to not only like build upon the universe and make it more realistic for the gameplay but it shows how we're furthering the vr world absolutely especially you know and and the point being that like yeah because there's a lot of really cool high-tech games on like pc that they don't necessarily you know are kind of like proofs of concept almost because the market just isn't there yet but to see this game and also to be fully cross-platform compatible with pc and playstation which is something that is probably uh even more accessible still than something like a quest you know because a playstation is just a more common system to have in in the average home i think is really really cool and and to see the the fidelity and detail that they put into it uh is is impressive uh, because I think it's very easy for people to kind of get jaded at like, oh, VR is a gimmick. And then you see something like this where I, I really do think that, you know, you pop someone in here and if this is your first experience in VR, like I I could see you being absolutely blown away here. Uh, and all the ships are different too, you know, like, not, you know, not just for Star Wars fan, but just in general, like the experience of it like the you know the tie fighter you're facing forward through that weird glass with like obstructions and all these things but then when you're in the x-wing uh and you're it's one you feel the tight enclosed space of the x-wing but because you have that full um windshield all the way around you also have full visibility and so a lot of times i'll be flying in the game and like i'll be chasing a target and i'll catch myself like craning my neck backwards because i can see all the way back there and it's like i'm trying to keep up with an enemy and that sort of thing and i think it's so cool to see how you adapt to uh the different levels of visibility and the different uh unique aspects of each ship um it's awesome i was gonna ask yeah i mean you answered it how the visibility was because when i saw trailers and stuff for the game that was my biggest concern like with that cockpit sort of in the way although it doesn't sound like it's in the way like was that a hindrance to the gameplay in any way or was it fine for the most part not at all Uh, i i think it's just it's different they're different like amounts of visibility for different ships and you the ships all uh, serve different purposes in battle as well you know you have the slower support ships you have the faster like hunt ships you have the ones that like have really powerful weapons made to take down you know like bigger targets that sort of thing so each one has its own niche and i think they did a good job of kind of uh all the ships are the same but different the core fundamentals carry over, but each one has unique uses and like fine-tuned details where like you will feel a difference and you will be like, oh, I like this ship for this particular thing, that sort of uh, situation. Uh, the best way that I can uh, visualize this to someone, because I remember as a kid, 
I would get really excited when these first started popping up. I remember like I went to Dave and Buster's ones uh, and they had those little, it was a Star Wars like flight game basically with just like a big round screen. Like you would hop into a pod and it was just screen all around you. Uh, And I remember thinking that was like the coolest thing ever. And this is that to like the next level. Um, Just by virtue of being in that headset, like it, I, I don't know how to describe that difference in like, seen you know immersion versus just like being there uh and so i will say you know personally i'm curious uh i I think if you don't have a vr headset uh and you're not a huge star wars fan maybe this is probably not a game for you uh but if you have vr regardless of like whether you're a star wars fan or not i think it's such a unique experience I am a little more curious, uh, and I probably should have done the research myself as to how it translates onto like a pancake screen. Um, <laughs> but honestly, I was just so like entranced with it that I, I couldn't take that headset off. The people I've seen play it on um, on like a PC or an Xbox or something, the gameplay mm-hmm. still looks phenomenal, and I think that's kind of the biggest sell for those is that as opposed to like a battlefront where you have that third person out of out of cockpit um you actually get to kind of sit in the cockpit still while being in your own living room and i think the just the targeting and all the different aspects that go into flying the ship will draw it to the more console players but i definitely agree vr will yeah (laughs) that's the way to play it (laughs) I mean, absolutely. And I will say, you know, we should probably go into, like, the mechanics of the gameplay. I do think that they have, like, a core loop and foundation here. Um, And so, uh, without, like, trying to simplify it too much, the core of the game is just get in the ship, fly somewhere, shoot something, end of story. You know, like, it it is a little basic, but I think uh, it's almost a strength for the game. Uh, And they switch it up with, like, uh, I think they do really cool things with environment. Uh, and then also they give you just enough variety in targets where, like, you get to first, you know, going through the campaign, let's say. First, you just get comfortable in the ships and you start to, like, discover. And then once you kind of have the group, like, you have the hang of that, uh, they start to introduce new elements and you start to... They give you enough uh, player freedom where really just, like, doing the task regardless of what it is there's kind of a joy in that and so you you pull off some cool moments that like are unpredictable because you have unlike in any other game you have full you know three axis freedom of motion because there's no gravity you're in a ship you are moving literally any direction you want to go um and so you get really cool moments like i the one in particular that stood out to me like crazy was I was uh, hunting down, uh, I I think I was following an X-Wing, and you were going through, like, it was this, uh, like, abandoned wreck in space, basically, and the X-Wing went in and flew into, uh, I mean, imagine, like, a, like, a corridor, basically, of, like, a space station, but if it was, like, blowing up and, like, out floating, so it went in, and then you're following it through the corridor, like, shooting at it, trying to catch up to it, and, like, you're barely trying to avoid, like, crashing into stuff, and then I blew it up, it was right in front of me and then you fly through the fire and you see like a bit of the engine like fly out as you come out of it like it's it's like one of the scenes in the movie but you're in it and it's it is so much more impressive than like the mindless explosions uh you see you know watching it where when you're actually in it and you fly through it, you're like oh my god 
Or, or the inverse of that, uh, online, which uh, I spent a lot of today uh, exploring the online as well, is a... Uh, not to jump around the different game modes too much, but I think a lot of the joys are the same. But in the online, the cool thing is, you know that's an actual human being. That's not a bot. Like, that is another human. And there is, like, a, a viciousness in, like, a friendly sportsman way of, like, oh, you target onto someone and you're following them. And then all of a sudden, you like, it clicks in your head. You're like, oh, that little idiot's following me, too. And you're, you're both just, like, flying passes at each other. You know, he's locking missiles onto you, and you're, like, dropping the anti-missile, like, weapons to blow it up. And you're trying to lock missiles onto him, and you're you're just going over and over at each other. Until finally you get, like, the right shot as you're both flying head-on at each other. And he blows up, and you fly through the wreckage. Like, it's such a cool experience. Um, and I think, again, like, with talking about the cool maneuvers, one of the cool things is that a lot of the maps, since there are, like, stations or wreckage or whatever to fly around... You have a lot of freedom of motion to try different maneuvers when you're engaging in fights. Um, and it avoids a lot of the... Uh, this is going to sound so niche. Uh, but I remember, like, back back in the early days of, like, when smartphone technology was, like, first catching on. Like, everyone was just starting to get iPhones and all of that. And they were just starting to make, like, good mobile games. There was a... I think it was, like, Ace something. It was, it was like, a dogfight, uh, like, fighter pilot game on the phone. And I remember I used to love playing that game. But, like, 90% of the combat was just you would be fighting someone and they would be fighting you. And you would both just be flying in circles, like, hardly ever seeing each other. You know? Like, you're just, like, you're just always fast? turning. Huh? Is it fast? F-A-S-T? Fast? I, d- I don't think so. But, like one of those games basically and it's just you being like oh my god please stop turning so i can shoot you in this game since there's so much terrain and unique things to maneuver you kind of avoid that like i feel like it's always unique like you know i'm chasing someone and then a missile locks on it's like oh i'm gonna take this weird turn and like you're pulling up depending on the ship like some ships are slower at turning and i'm like come on come on come on you're just like barely scrape by or sometimes you don't sometimes you crash into a wall and you blow up but there's a, there's a lot of cool variety there, even though it's a very simple formula. Uh, does, and yeah, sorry. Does the the multiplayer that is that only dogfights or are there multiple game modes? In- uh, if you go into like the quick match, like if you log on and you click like auto select, I think ninety percent of the time you're gonna end up in a dogfight. At least that was okay. my experience. But uh, there is an additional game mode where basically you guys are trying to destroy each other's, uh, like, ships. Like, there's a big, like, mothership. Mm. And the, uh, uh, it, it plays off of the campaign because in the campaign you're often, you know, shooting down these big uh, ships for, you know, whatever tactical reason that, like, you know, we need to capture, like, this carrier or whatever. Uh, and so the ships also have, like, interesting stuff because there are different points you can target. There are weapon systems and shields and all of this and different areas where, depending on how you approach it, you will get a tactical advantage. Uh, and so that's cool. I will say I I actually didn't enjoy, in the multiplayer, I did not enjoy that mode as much as just the straight-up dogfights uh, because, it, and it purely might be a personal thing. I don't think it was a bad mode, but I think there was just something more exciting about that one-on-one combat. Um, and I honestly, I kind of felt that in the single player as well, uh, the first few times that you do one of those targeted missions, it's really, really cool. But then there are later missions where I think, uh, and I, it could just be me needing to get good, but like in some of the later missions, uh, you're basically targeting these tanks essentially while you're just being bombarded with lasers. Uh, and so the mission is just kind of like shoot, fly, survive, dodge, shoot again. Like, you know, like. 
you you have to like find the openings and i'm sure a lot of people probably enjoy those missions i had more fun when it was like small craft on small craft uh engagements it just felt faster paced and it felt a little less tedious um but i'm sure you know people way smarter than me could maneuver those situations in way more interesting ways uh and probably have a lot of fun there that being said is there an actual like story or is it just like this is your mission go do it there is a story actually uh so there's the opening like two or three missions actually kind of set up uh some of the key like characters you are playing as a pilot on both sides you're playing as two different characters and so a lot of times your missions are actually like you will capture something for the new republic and then the very next mission is like the empire being like they captured our ship go go get them back and so like you're kind of fighting yourself in like a way um and it's interesting also uh if you're like a hardcore star wars fan uh there are like established characters that pop up uh throughout the campaign uh my personal reference i really like star wars i would not call myself a mega fan at all i have never gotten mad at any of the star wars movies uh which i think indicates the level of casual i am like to me they're just they're fun you know whatever <laughs> like don't care. i need to put it on the record real quick i have been mad at many star wars movies there <laughs> Okay. I'm not a sci-fi guy, so I did not like episode nine. All right, moving on. <laughs> oh, uh, where does this episode game? Episode nine fit? is a bad movie. It In it fits the... place right after the original trilogy. It literally uh, the opening okay. mission. I mean, spoiler alert, but not really. Like the opening mission is called uh, uh, Vader's something, and like literally, it's you see like Vader for like a second, but then it takes place right after the Battle of Endor. So obviously, Vader's dead. Palpatine is gone. Yeah. Uh, New Republic has just, you know, technically the Empire lost. Um, but it's gotcha. it's in that period where, like, since they since the Republic just won, they're still kind of, like, neck and neck at, like, you didn't... It's still the Empire. And they're like, no, it's the Republic. And I was like, yeah, no, it's, it's the Empire. Uh, so, it, it, like, it's, it's an interesting setting to have this kind of, like, dual campaign. Uh, I also like that they let you... And it's done because, like, honestly... Str- okay, let's talk about narrative for a second. There are characters, and, like, they have interesting stuff that they do with them, but, like, they're not... It's nothing crazy, nothing special. Uh, A lot of... Mm. And you have the option to, like, when you're in the hangar in between missions to go, like, talk to people. And they'll, like, they'll talk at you, basically, for, like, a little bit just to get to know them. I did it a little bit with the Republic for the first few missions. And then when I was in the Empire, I was like, I don't care about any of you. I'm (laughs) evil. I, like, I'm not here to make friends. So I would just do the missions. Uh, and honestly, I don't feel like I was missing out on too much because the, the characters are not necessarily the strongest thing uh, in this game. But I do appreciate that, you know, they let you play as, like, the bad guy because I feel like a lot of times Star Wars is like, you're going to play as, like, as an Empire person. And then it's like, haha, we defected to the Rebels because... You did, they, did they actually let you play the bad guy the whole time, like, genuinely? Or well, was no, no, it, like, a Battlefront 2 kind of thing? Where the missions they are set. Of... You you are playing as a good guy and a bad guy, a good guy and a bad guy, but okay. they're two separate characters. There we go. Yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. And I enjoyed that. I mean, like, there's literally a mission where, like, some of your optional objectives, at one point, it was like, hey, look, that civilian transport ship is getting away. Make them hurt. And you don't have to do it, but I did. I hunted down all three of those civilian transport ships. And then they were like, hey, look, that's uh, their medical supplies. You can blow it up if you want. Hell yeah, I'll blow it up. And I did it. And then as a good guy, I did good guy stuff too. But I was like, it's a game. Like, who cares? Like, there, there's something fun about, like, being able to bounce between the two, I think. Um, what happens if you don't? 
Nothing. Uh, it basically you get additional medals at the end of each mission for like completing the side objectives. It's, it's nothing. Gotcha. Crazy. Uh, I will say sometimes though, like uh, in one mission, it was a similar thing where it was like, oh look, the the tra- the civilian transport ships go blow them up, and if you wait too long, they jump out into hyperspace and they comment on it. They were like, oh, you let them get away. You disappointed me. No matter. On to the main objective. Uh, and it kind of like it pissed me off a little bit. I was like, I was shooting them. What do you want from me? <laughs> um, but yeah, like it's just it's it's an also a nice uh, replayability type thing because you get uh, the medals for doing your side missions as well as medals for like doing it without dying. Medals for doing it under a certain amount of time. So if you really enjoyed the campaign, there's uh, enough of a reason to go back a few times and try and get that right if you'd like. Cool. I mean, I was just about to ask about replayability, like. You've obviously completed the story and stuff like that. Like, what? First of all, well, like, what are the odds that you're gonna go back and play this again? And then, like, someone who obviously bought the game and beat it. Like, what is the um, not really goal, but like, what would encourage them to actually like play this game after they beat it and they've like sure. seen everything and did all the missions? Uh, I think the fun is really the mechanics and also like there are all the different ships and you can also customize the loadout. So you could try different kinds of weapons. Uh, and I, there is such a wide variety. Like there's a standard laser that shoots quick and like does okay damage. Uh, there is like one that you have to power up for a few seconds, but then is a constant beam that does higher damage. Stuff, uh, you know, there's longer range like lock-on missiles and then there's like rapid fire burst missiles that you need really good aim for, but you know, you can shoot way faster, uh, and stuff like that, so you can have fun replaying missions, trying to accomplish goals, and playing with, like, your loadout and that sort of thing, uh, but really, I think the main replayability factor here is the multiplayer. I can see some people buying this and only playing the multiplayer, uh, that's what I was most excited for, even though it's what I ended up spending the least amount of time in, um, I don't know, just because, and this is, it's a very me thing regardless. I don't know that I'll necessarily go back to like the campaign missions uh, to get the medals and stuff. I don't do that in games generally. Uh, but I think this uh, this might be like my new like go-to VR game. Um, just like, you know, let's say you have an hour to kill and you're like... some. If you're the kind of person who would normally shoot up something like a, like a Call of Duty... I think the engagement in this, like, I, I don't really enjoy online shooters all that much, but, like, the the engagement between you and the enemy in the multiplayer on this is so fun and so exhilarating. I really like it. Uh, and also, I, like, variety of, of tactics, but also the fact that, like, it's not a headshot and you're done. It's, like, you, you can really get into, like, a battle with someone as opposed to being, like, what? Who killed me? Like, you kind of, you know when, when stuff is going on and it's really, it gives it a little more depth and flavor and you get that fun, like, competition going on. Um, and the matches aren't long either. So I could see that being, like, a huge replayability thing for people. Like, this being their new, like, go-to, like, I'm going to hop on for a round in this game. Especially if you could get friends in on this. Uh, I'm, I know I'm definitely going to try my damnedest to get my brother to, to uh, hop in this game with me at some point. Uh, and I would love, you know, uh, I, I know I was excited to get Benetados in here, who he wasn't able to play the game. Uh, but I would have loved to have him, especially because it's cross-platform which is so hard to find these days, but, you know, you could get a squadron of your friends, like an actual squadron, and hop into a lobby, and that, that would be a lot of fun, I think. Cool. 
I do have a question. This may not. Go for it. I I have a question about um you you touched a little bit on the characters of the game. Yeah. How how do you think this transfers into like the Star Wars canon? Do you think it's important? Do you think it's just a fun experience for Star Wars fans? I I would say it's I think it's I just had the same a fun question. <laughs> just because and and again, understand that like I'm I'm a casual Star Wars fan. Like I'm a little more than average, but like you know, I've played, like, the Star Wars tabletop RPG game and that sort of thing. And, like, everyone else I played with, I remember, I found, like, a holocron on a mission. And everyone was like, oh, my God, you got a holocron. And I'm like, what? What is this? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, so, like, I definitely don't have that kind of, like, encyclopedic knowledge. But I, I really love the idea of Star Wars just, like, as a universe and a setting and the flexibility that it gives. Because I think it's it's a cool... It's not cyberpunk, but that that retro future aesthetic and like the the freedom that gives. Anyways, um, I think from what I know, unless I miss something massive, this is really just a fun add on uh, because there is such a gap between episode um, episode six and episode seven. Anyways, that like you know, it's not like you're seeing the rise of the first order or anything. It, it's almost like Rogue One in that it's just like, this is just another battle that happened. Whereas instead of it being like, you know, the beginning of, of the uprising, it's like the end. It's the aftermath of like, they won, but you know, the war's not really over yet. It's that sort of thing. Um, but since it doesn't lead directly into a movie, you don't get no surprise Princess Leia at the end. Um, but I also don't know that that's necessarily... Uh, to its detriment. I, I think having that freedom from the expectations of the canon lets you kind of just tell your own stories. And right. I think that's fun. And and the gameplay here, I think, is really what shines. I was wondering that, too, because Brian mentioned to me earlier that Hera from Rebels is in yes. this game. So I don't know how big of a role she played or if it mattered at all, but I didn't know where that kind of tied into the Star Wars lore or anything. Let me put it this way. As, as someone who, like has a a passing recognition of Hera. I know her name. I don't really know much beyond that. She was basically just another like name on my like radio receiver like telling okay. me, you know, just another fighter. Um but I it's I think it's a nice easter egg for if you are a fan and I'm sure they they probably did play into some of that character's qualities. Uh just I don't have the uh, the well of knowledge to uh relate to that. And were there any references to Fallen Order at all? Because I know this game came out like pretty much exactly a year after that game, so I wouldn't be surprised if they threw a couple things in Not here or there from that, that I game. picked up on. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Good guys? for EA. Uh, you know, yeah. Okay. They on, finally on nailed the it. Topic <laughs> of EA, let's. Uh, uh, I, I would like to note that there are no microtransactions in this game. Thank God. Um, I I don't know if it has anything to do with the fact that, you know, it's an act of passion, basically, like this passion project that was born out of one of these developers that got picked up, or if it's them finally learning their lesson after, like, Battlefront 2, or or what it is. But, uh, yeah, you are free of microtransactions and part of uh, the reward system in the, uh, the online it's usually just cosmetics, and you can you can also unlock like new weapons, new holes, that sort of thing. Uh, but everything you just you earn by just playing the game, uh, and I think that is a wonderful thing. Not that that's something that we should be lauding, but unfortunately, we are at a point in time where like that is pretty much praiseworthy uh, when you look at a lot of the other games that are out now, especially for EA. Oh yeah. my goodness. <laughs> 
Um, also, I'm kind of glad that there seems to be not more, but like there more and more VR games seem to be being made recently. I think with like Half Life, Alex at the beginning of the year, and now this one, and I kind of want that to be a trend because I think VR is super cool, and it would suck if people just stopped making VR games. So more games like this is good i don't for gamers i you know i've said this for a year i will for years i will come out up front and say you know as far as like my bias or whatever like i have always been a huge vr enthusiast from like i think amanda was with me in like high school the first time we went to like a microsoft store and i put on a vr headset for the first time i played space pirate trainer like i could not shut up about it for weeks like it was a mind-blowing huh no, you literally even before that you bought. It was it's literally just a. Box. Oh my like, god! I remember it was this. A yes, cardboard uh, that you could like you put on the phone, phone in, <laughs> and you wear. And I'm like, that's the. It's a box, dude. You bought a box. It was you literally. I remember because it, uh, it was and it was the garbage like iPhone VR experiences too. It was. It terrible. was literally just was you would awful. sit in like a low resolution like Jurassic Park knockoff, <laughs> and dinosaurs would run around you. And I would sit but, in it for like half an hour at a time. I took it to, I remember I took it to her mom's house. I let her little brother put it on. Like it was, it was incredible. Yeah. And oh so, and, and then when I tried, you know, like a real, like a proper VR experience, like I was all in, you know, from the very beginning. I've always been an enthusiast. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this colors my perspective, but I have never thought that VR was going anywhere. It's just like any technology, um, especially years ago, like, you know the price, the barrier of entry is high because it's a new technology. Uh, but I think companies are smart enough to see the potential there. That like, as that cost comes down, more and more people are going to come into it. And you see it already with PSVR, with the Quest, with stuff like that. And I think it's only going to get better as time goes on. Uh, do I think it's going to become mainstream? You know, next year, absolutely not. But I think next generation of consoles, maybe you know, PS6 and Xbox Series W or whatever, like. I think VR is going to become one of those, uh, like, heavy considerations for players. And so I don't think you need to worry about it dying out. Um, But I do agree that it's really nice to see that the market is at least big enough that people are putting resources into actually developing good VR games. And it's not just these, like, enthusiast developers developing for 12 people on Reddit. True. I do have a question on... um... V- over the VR, have you seen how they're integrating the new, like, you can use your hands as the controllers? Yep. Do you think that will play well into this game if they get that to function proper, like, fr- function well? Um, let me put it this way. As someone who has the hand tracking on, on the Quest, uh, I don't think this game will ever see hand tracking support. Uh, I just, I don't think the tech is just there yet. Uh, especially mm. for like the dexterity of like you know flipping a switch and that sort of thing. This right. game doesn't even support you know the VR controllers like the standalone. Uh, you need a gamepad or a mouse and keyboard. So I don't see that really becoming a reality for this game. Uh, but it's absolutely an aspirational thing. I I would think, and I I should have done this research beforehand. I don't know if it supports the flight sticks, like I said earlier. But I think if you're on a system that can support that and the game can can run it, uh, I think that that alone will, like, maximize your immersion. So, cool. uh, I'm a little confused because you said gameplay is good, uh, but then you also said that if you don't have VR, you probably don't buy this. So is all the fun just basically from the immersion? 
No, no, no. Uh, the gameplay is good. Um, I'm just saying that, like, it, regardless of who you are, I think if you can get it in VR, no matter what game you like, you will probably be blown away by this experience. Whereas if you're like, I hate flight games, and you're going to play it on an Xbox, like, it's probably not going to wow you. But, uh, like, you know, there's something about the VR experience where, like, I think regardless of who you are, it's worth experiencing. Whereas if it's flat, like, it's still a really good game, you know, like, I, all the stuff I said still applies, uh, but taken, you know, then you have to consider, like, hey, the stuff I said, is that something that interests me? Like, with any game. Uh, I, I'm, I just mean that, like, technologically, uh, the VR capability of this is something that elevates it beyond um, what it appears to be, I think, just as an experience. So you- so it's like so you're saying if you were to play this game you would have to play it in VR no. is your recommendation? Oh. Okay. Uh if you can play it in VR, play it in VR. I don't think you have to. Uh okay. I'm just well, saying that, that like yeah. if it's a possibility, like without question, dive into it in VR. Yeah. It sounds like he's okay. saying like if you like flight sims, um you can play like you probably have fun playing it on like regular screen if not maybe not but like even if you don't like flight sims in vr you'd probably have fun exactly yeah cool cool Uh, any other questions uh yeah man so like should we buy it or what all right let's take it to the vote so (laughs) in the case of star wars squadrons how do I John, please. <laughs> uh, ooh, big shocker here. Yeah, you should absolutely buy this game. Uh, I think, like what we were just talking about, even if uh, even if you can't play it in VR, I think for a lot of people, this is probably still a buy. It just won't be like a transformative experience. Uh, but I think the gameplay is solid. You can tell there's a lot of love that's been put into this game. Uh, it's a gorgeous game, even though I played it in low resolution. I mean, you know, the immersion was its own thing. But even, you know, on a flat screen, like, just the detail in the cockpits and everything is so, so cool. I think, you know, it was made as a love letter towards Star Wars fans. But I think it was made so well that it translates uh, as well to people who may not be Star Wars fans. Uh, the gameplay is a lot of fun. Uh, the, the campaign is, is a fun little thing to go through, particularly, again, in VR. But also, like, the multiplayer, for me personally, uh, I don't find myself playing too many multiplayer games often. And I find a lot of that quick, like, you know, two-second, like, murder exchanges in games are not particularly fun. There's something about, like, the personal and, like, drawn-out aspect of this that really feels makes me feel more engaged uh, in the gameplay, and I don't know if it if it's just because I I felt so engaged, but I found myself doing so well in the multiplayer. I was like, oh my god, like I was <laughs> I was shocked. Uh, yeah, I I think it's a ton of fun, and I absolutely think it's a buy. Um, if nothing else, I think the fact that this was this little side project that EA kind of gave its vote of confidence to, and was and ended up being executed well, I think we should support this because it made a lot of steps in good directions on the VR front, on the microtransaction front, uh, just on the game design front, and kind of you know letting people make games that they're passionate about and not just chasing the battle royale trend or you know what have you. Um, yeah, you know, EA is not an indie developer, but it's the kind of game that I would want to support just to show them, like, hey, we want more of this, you know, this style. Um, so, yeah. Cool. I guess 
In the case of Star Wars Squadrons, you should buy it, though. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm curious to hear from you guys, actually, after having this conversation, if any of you would be interested in this game after what you've heard or not. I would be I... interested in playing it on VR, but not mm-hmm. buying yes. it. That's yeah, fair. I don't know if I'd like, want to spend I would go to your apartment to play it. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I I also think honestly like I think you have you have to like Star Wars to like you have to in order to play this game. Like I think especially if like how you say it is at the end of the day it is really like a flying simulator like mm-hmm. ah, Man, you, you, you got you got to feel the rush of blowing up a ship that's headed head on to you no, and no, flying I'm, through the wreckage. I I would totally enjoy it i watched you stream it i watched you stream it on facetime as well as on twitch so like i really feel like i was there um (laughs) (laughs) but but no it it does like tj said like i would happily play it and i would for sure have a good time and then i would eventually have to take it off because i know I, i would just get dizzy uh but it looks awesome i just feel like it would help if you oh absolutely yeah i kind of feel like you amanda but i did play iron man vr and i don't like superheroes at all i still had a good time so maybe you do just have to put it on right. for yourself because it's not just a flight simulator it's a flight combat yeah, simulator. exactly so like if you were just yeah, flying, that, if it was just a flying experience i'd say like no but i mm. you know all the stuff we talked about plays into it along with the fact that the combat itself is satisfying and and keeps you engaged because you know you're you can get down to two health and you're firing missiles and you're trying to heal and you're like you know it, it's tense and so that gameplay loop is fun as a foundation and then it has all these wonderful things that build onto it that I would encourage you know even it like if you're kind of on the fence I say like you know try it like download it use those that two hour return window to see how you feel about it um, <laughs> but I, I do think the combat like I said even outside of VR is probably satisfying to like a good number of people. This is probably something I'd go over to Brian's house and play on his VR. There you go. I don't know if right. I would get it. Sure. <laughs> it's, it's hard to say. Uh, flight loves, combat? Oh. oh, yeah. Sorry, my bad. Uh, as a person who loves Star Wars, I'm debating on going and buying it right <laughs> now because <laughs> I, I just love sitting in an X, like yeah. the idea of sitting in an X Wing, even though I may not be in VR and being able to fly the ship. Like in Battlefront 2, they have the flight, the flying mode where you have that kind of dogfight. But it sounds like this really took that to a whole nother level. And especially when I was playing Battlefront 2, it's hard for me to want to be in those dogfights when your ship is like kind of just barely turning or you're doing that kind of circle motion. But this makes it feel like you have a a fun dogfight and not just a, oh, we're going to chase each other in a circle for a couple minutes, fly around in a loop-de-loop, and maybe you'll get me and maybe I'll get you. It. Yeah. And from what I've heard about, like, the flight controls, like the air brakes and the different uh, power, just where you can put the power mm-hmm. into, like, speed and stuff, like, that sounds like a fun time, yeah. as a, not only as, like, a Star Wars fan who's listened to all that in the movies and been like, oh, they're putting the shields in the front, like, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. what that does, but they're not getting shot from there now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also into that aspect of, as a person who likes shooting games, flying, like, planes and shooting games like even when i was playing um battlefield i'd love to be in a plane yeah i didn't know how to fly it but man when i crashed i went out in style 
you you feel like a <laughs> like a fighter pilot. Like I, the the thing that this game did for me is it made me want to invest in like a proper VR rig so that I could see that beautiful interior in like full resolution. Uh, to play the game, it made me want to play even just like fight flight simulator in VR. Uh, <laughs> it made me I... want to learn how to fly for like you know ten minutes, and then I was like, "That's a lot of money." <laughs> but I was like, "I want to be, That's I want to be a pilot. This is cool." I was gonna say you texted me at one point. And you're like, "I want to be a pilot." Yeah. Like, Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Stop talking. <laughs> Shut, Shut up. up. Okay, relax. <laughs> Calm down, John. That's what I mean. Like it's it's that kind of experience where. Wow. Well, that's good. That's good. Cool. I want to be a bandicoot. All right. <laughs> well, yeah, we're not there we'll yet. Yet. in that case, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> thank you all so much for listening. This is not the only episode we're releasing today or whenever you listen to this. Today we are also uh, releasing our episode on Crash Bandicoot. So if you haven't seen that already, Bandy. go check it out. Uh, I want to give a special Bandy. thank you to our friend Brian for hanging out with us today and talking Bandy. about this game. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Brian. I'm a big fan. Uh <laughs> So yeah. I don't have much to plug unless you want to follow a weird Instagram in my personal life. <laughs> um, yeah, where can we find you? Yeah. Oh yeah, um, you can find me at Brian underscore underscore Warner, um, and on TikTok as I used to have a big Star Wars TikTok, but I may or may not have deleted it. Oh. oh. <laughs> but it's the same account on TikTok, Brian underscore underscore Warner, or. Warmer. Brain warmer. Right, because I made it weird. <laughs> Brain warmer. Okay. So hopefully do more Star Wars content soon, because I'm in love with Star Wars, as you can probably tell. Yeah. Mm. But thank you so much for having me. It's yeah. been a fun time talking about this game. Yeah, thank you for thank being you, here. Brian. Let us know what you think about the game when you hopefully jump into it. Um, but uh, thank you all so much for listening. If you're interested in supporting the show, uh, check out the links in the show notes. We have a Patreon where you can get access to cool exclusive content like our 24-hour reviews. Uh, we have our uh, our Kofi where you can support us for, uh, you know, a single cup of coffee, basically, for three bucks. Um, and also, uh, we want to give a very special thank you to our patrons who help support the show. Anne Baird and Jerry Benetatos. Um Yeah. But thank you all so much for listening. Uh, We'll talk at you next week, or you know what? We'll talk at you in a few minutes in our Crash Bandicoot review. (laughs) Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. There we go. (laughs) Mm, Nice. Wow. I realize now I should have said I am your father when I was introducing myself. Damn. Thank you.